From our soundstage and auditory office to your hearts and ears across the globe, the following has been crafted with care for your listening ears. Good morning, good day, or good evening, and welcome to the exciting and prolonged preseason of 54 Lights. My name is Kondwani Mwase, Ethiopian-born, Canadian-raised, and proudly Malawian. I'm a Pan-Africanist who's aware that the love of the land that I live on makes me a lover of people and of our collective soul. For those just joining, or those joining as a matter of habit, remember that this season we're diving headfirst in the deep end, dedicating each and every episode to seeing one corner of the African continent. We're going to march the African map, if you will, and all 54 countries in it one story at a time. But first, our preseason, prolonged, as I said, and powerful. Today, I invite you to join me as I take a walk with a composer who's reshaping space through it. Jimmy Baptiste is an artist who's based in the Ottawa region of Canada and someone I've known for decades. Well, to be honest, I knew him decades ago, lost touch, and have now found him anew. As you'll soon find out, my next guest, our next guest, is far more than a muralist. He's a father, an educator, obviously a graphic artist, and in truth, he's a culture builder. His work flows beyond the canvas and extends into the community in a profound and colorful way. More than most, his work informs and infuses the landscape and those that exist in it. Without further ramble, here's my conversation with the incredible Jimmy Baptiste. How are you doing, man? Like, how's life been with uh, with all of this? You, you're Europe, busy man. I'm good. I'm good. I feel uh, humble and uh, and blessed for all the uh, amazing opportunity that has come to me. Uh, it's work hard. It's crazy how life brings us back because uh, your you member work was definitely a turning point in my life, and I still remember because you were my you were my supervisor, man. Back in the day, man. Yeah, and, and I still remember when I I locked off to tell you that I was quitting. So I quit member work, and I ended up. Applying to like uh, Omer Desart a couple yeah. days after, and then I ended up working there. And then, they, like that, that was like a really that was a moment where I was like, yeah, and like I don't want to have to come to work at four o'clock to leave at seven. You know, those graveyard shift from like yep. at seven to eleven or four to eleven, man. That's why you were on my team, man, because I remember that's what that's the shift I worked. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That wasn't brutal. That was brutal, yeah. man. But like I said, you know, it was great experience. And uh, since then, I've been living here now in the region now for about like five years. I have two kids, uh, a partner. I live in Wakefield. Like a lot of things have changed, man. Like it's uh, pretty crazy. Man, congratulations. You know, it's funny. You know, you're saying a lot of things have changed. A lot of things have changed, but a lot of things have stayed the same, man. Like you're still, you, you had too big a heart to stay at that 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 spot uh years back when we crossed and i'm just uh i'm just over the moon man i I know you were you were uh i think you were an artist back then too man and and this is 
this is kind of like just just to get some of this housekeeping stuff off like this is just going to be a chat no more than a half an hour um and you tell me if like as as long as that works for you we'll just we'll just kind of keep jamming like this but yeah i i remember i i think you were an artist back then if my memory serves me correctly and it just felt that you know you were destined for more you know what i mean and i just i just felt I'm like oh this guy i i don't think this work is for him because i think he's he's just there's bigger out there there's more out there for this guy and i'm so happy that you found it i appreciate that man that that means a lot you know like i didn't really know it what life had for me, I definitely kn knew that medical work wasn't it. You know, it was a job, and it was a job that paid well uh, for what it was doing. But at the same time, you know, there's, I think we're like, I'm old enough now that there's a job that sucks, sucks the, the life and the energy off of you. And there's other lives that, that other job that brings life and useful energy into you. And, like I said, you know, like, um, like I've always drew, I've always been an artist, I've always done stuff, you know, even during some of the break time, I would draw, or when I would have, like, dead calls, I would always bring my sketchbook a little bit after at work, but you just never know where life is going to bring you, and, like, for me, it was really, uh, it was really a question of, um, you know, having a kid that kind of really changed a lot, like, perspective-wise, because I wasn't working for myself anymore. I had to provide for people. And then it put a lot of things in perspective, like how hard my mom, had, my mom had to work to get me to where I am right now. At that point, I kind of really made a sacrifice to really focus on a creative career that would bring me something. And that's when I really started focusing on doing like huge artwork, murals, uh, type of projects, you know? Yeah, that I mean, let, let's let's jump there because I think that's that's the really thing that I'm I'm interested to find out about. And you know, speaking to a lot of artists on this show, um, and uh, a lot of artists, it's, it's a very it's a it's a it's a it's a labor of love. It's a labor of passion. And so for you, Jimmy, you know, I remember you as as that person doing those amazing drawings, but they were kind of sketches from from what I saw back in the day. Right? It was just like you kind of had you know, your notepad or your sketchbook or whatever it was. And I just knew you had super talent, but did you always think, Hey, there's a future for me in terms of like working and, 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 and doing this in a more sustained basis. I know you, you just said that you, you had a little bit of a change when you, when you had your, your child, but, but in the back of your mind, even before that, did you think, Hey, this is, this is, this is the destination that I'm going towards or, or was it sort of like, really just the, the child that made it a real yeah well it was always kind of a purpose because that was the only thing i was really good at since i was a kid and i always at a certain point i kind of knew that i i had a little bit more skills than other people even though if that skill was like fashion into like hours of drawing in my own with my own self as a kid and then showing it to the public and then you realize that not everybody has the same skills and everybody has different talents so for me, I realized at a, at a young age that if you have skills and you work hard to it, you have potential. But there's also a, a question of representation that came into the conversation where it took me a lot of time to be able to see black artists and black successful creative artists in the way that I see it. Because even though rappers were rappers and sports athletes, which were um, the icons that I could look up to when I was a kid as black male artists were deemed successful. I never really saw any 
black artists that were successful in the art world from my own personal experience. I never saw a, a black artist as much as we see it now. And for me, like I went to just went to see the Jean-Michel Basquiat exhibit at the Musée des Beaux-Arts. And Jean-Michel Basquiat was the first black artist that I saw. And I saw the movie. I, I've heard his history. I grew up a big part of my childhood in Brooklyn, New York. I have a lot of family there. So when I saw this black artist, not only because of his struggle, but also the fact that he was a black man being able to be successful in the context of a contemporary white world, expressing his own creative style and his own aesthetic, but having a strong connection to graffiti, street art, tagging, just graffiti, that was for me one of the main inspiration where I was like, all right, like somebody's done it. Like, let's see like where this could get me. You know, and then after that, it was just a question of hard work and and taking advantage of the opportunity that comes towards you, you know, making sure that people never forget you when you leave the room and you're the first reference they take about when they want to create, they want to do something creative afterward. Oh man, that's, that's beautifully said. And it, it, it's, it's so emblematic of, of the work that, that you do. It's striking for sure. When you leave the room, people remember it. And that's that, I mean, that's why, you know, partially why we're talking, but definitely why, uh, you know, the national art center is so proud to have you uh, emblazoned on on their uh, on their lantern. So this wasn't going to be a question that I, I I had jotted down, but when you're talking about it, it made me think about youth, you know, and and what you serve as an example for youth for future generations, so that they can look and say, "Oh, I want to be like Jimmy," you know. And so, how how much does that factor into the work that do you do? Do you say, "I'm I'm the next one, and I want kids." young people to be looking at the work that I'm producing and see motivation in that? If they do, it's 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 their own choice. And I hope that, you know, some of the action that I've made in life have inspired them to pursue their own dream. And But for me, it was really a question of, like I said, not having any, like, role model or icon or people to look up to growing up and seeing now how it's important to empower people, even by the slight lights, the slightest good action that they do if you amplify the impact that it has it can make that people feel even better than they thought they could you know so for me that's one of the things i love doing is to have students kids participate be part of the creative process of any type of artwork that i do and then them being proud of being part of that process but also i mean this artwork being part of the environment being happy being there you know i think it goes a long way that's something that we didn't do a lot when we were uh younger uh adults didn't power kids they overpowered them and instituted authority on top of them but it, it's not a, a constructive way to be able to build self-confidence in youth because as a teenager i know myself i was an extremely uh i lacked a lot of confidence and a lot of um believing in myself and a lot of that was because i've you know, even though people would tell me it was good, like, it feels good when people tell you, like, you're doing something great, keep keep on doing it. Or instead of instead of going towards you and doing repression, but empowering you instead and making you, having a candid conversation about the rights and wrong and the consequences of that makes a big difference instead of, like, punishing people for something um, that you they're learning about life in general you know so that's a little bit of the approach that i try to do uh when i do you twerk is to 
get positive energy and positive space when I do my stuff. Um, from an artistic perspective, I love the way you said the environment, right? And so you're talking about an environment that's empowering, if, I, if I'm quoting you correctly, empowering versus overpowering and, and, and encouraging through positivity. But I'm also curious about the the environments that you work in, right? Like you do murals, you do, um, you know, I guess if you would call it graffiti art, um, you know, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. But there's something really profound about your artwork and the canvases that you put them on not to overplay it but the you know the the work that you did for the national art center the canvas was this big huge digital mural and then i've seen some of your other work by visiting your website um and just seeing other works that you've done where i mean man you've changed from the sketchbook that i saw uh you know to like these big just impressive murals on street corners and, and, and on buildings. So how much of the environment, not only the positive, like, Hey, let's, let's be positive, like, you know, encouraging, um, people that you're, you're tutoring and, and mentoring, but how much do you teach them about the environment about the canvas that they're, they're painting on or they're, they're drawing on? Most of the project that I do with communities are often in schools. Because I work mm -hmm. mostly with schools. So for me, what I do projects in school is a way for students to reappropriate themselves the space in which they basically spend a big living space in there. And also um, the fact that, you know, schools, certainly like modern schools that were burned, that weren't born or constructed in the 2000 era or so on, have like this brutalism, like jail-like feeling. Because a lot of the build, a lot of the buildings were built at the same time as gels, you know, like and during the uh, the big cement era of like industrialization. So a lot of buildings look like prisons. They have like huge walls, a lot of windows, and often like you don't know how many schools I've went to that have like fifty year old paint under a wall, you know. So I can only think about like how depressive sometimes these spaces are and. When we go in and we're able to bring colors and able to bring life and able to bring like creative expression and get the students to come up with their own ideas to put on these walls, then you change the total energy of that space. You you kind of like reappropriate yourself that space and you're able to also give it new life where the the that specific space where we paid that we was more representative of hopefully the students that live in that space now than what was there before because uh, you know like life bless people who takes the time to build buildings and build schools but often these people have more of a corporate and square-minded environment way of thinking instead of thinking about okay how would these colors or these placements will uh, impact the uh, environment on which the kids live. Um, so by doing art often that we will to really shift and change the energy of spaces and, and create spaces where the kids are really happy to be in or to be in or else or just feel a lot more you know uh, energetic in their spaces I absolutely love that so you, the, the the idea of reappropriating the space when you work on the projects that you work on like which which ones bring me you the most joy is it when you're adding color and flavor and character to schools is it when you have you know a piece that is that is on a tr more traditional canvas like what what for jimmy ends up being like a fulfilling piece of work 
I can tell you that the NSC project so far is a pretty pretty dope one to have in your in your in my personal portfolio. You know, when they came to get me, came to ask me to do that, like I didn't know I'd ever noticed the lantern before. I and you realize that they're basically LED lights that can be controlled and like give it give it motion. Um and basically it's a TV but in LED form, right? So when they told me this, I knew that I wanted to create something super impactful, super visually striking and something that would take over the space in which it lives and where it is. So that's where the character is rising up. That's why it has a triangular composition. That's where the background is moving. There's a lot of fading and fading out. Because for me, I kind of always kind of think in different ways. So one of the things that I was thinking is to have a good transition from the start to the beginning. So that's why it has transition and started beginning and it ended up working well because now it plays in the loop of advertising also so now it has its own time and space in which it has a time to grow live and disappear and then go back you know so for me um one of the steps that i i think that i really love is when i figure out a little bit of where i'm going because that's first there's a lot of like putting puzzle pieces together and see what pieces work or how you can kind of fit the triangle into a circle. And when you're able to kind of like figure out these things, then it becomes a little bit more interesting to, to really, when you figure out the base on which you're going to be able to build your cake, then it's e easier after that to really start putting flavors and like, you know, like cream and like go over the top. You should feel like it. Oh man, I love that. Now you're making me hungry. What's that, what's that all over? <laughs> the food analogy. Uh, listen, Jimmy, I'm, I've only got a couple more questions for you, but I really appreciate you taking the time to to, to talk to me and 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 our listeners, uh, or, or or these listeners rather for for the show about the work that you do. I have to ask you sort of that that question about the energy and inspiration. Where does that come from, right? Because I haven't seen a piece of work of yours that has lacked so much color, vibrance, uh, energy. It feels like you are, as you said, reappropriating spaces. You're just, um, you're phenomenal talent, but where do you find the inspiration? Where do you find the, the, the inspiration to create these things, sir, these artworks? I feel, insp I find inspiration in money. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. Cash, homie, cash. Throw me the bags. No, but seriously, I, I I think I just love creating, you know, I just love doing art. I love to be able to create things that are not real or that exist in a different realm and put them in reality. Also then give it different purpose or anything. So for example, now I paint a lot of murals and and so on. Then I love being able to create composition that's gonna be super dynamic in spaces and also like as a black graffiti artist. In Ottawa, one of the things I've been doing a lot here is to paint black characters. And for me, because um, like I mentioned to you before, like representation matter, I didn't have a lot of people that looked at me and I didn't even see a lot of art that had black characters in it unless they were like female slave cooks in art books or like in indigenous representation as almost savages or naked people in, in art books, you know, so for me to be able to paint all these characters and all these like representation around the city with mostly black characters brings me a lot of joy because hopefully 
other black and brown people in general are just going to appreciate the diversity and the aspect of how beautiful black color and black skin tones and how colors flus, you know, like explode next to our skin tone that's beautiful. And these are the type of stuff I often take when I try to create dynamic artwork is to make, you know, think contrast, things pop out and things communicate within each, within each other, whether they're shapes or lines or movement. Oh man. It, it, I mean, it really does show, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a little bit of a, a dual shameless plug for the national art center, because I, I want people to come by and see the, 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 amazing work that you you put up on uh on the 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 lantern which is a, a digital installation which is just beautiful and vibrant and made vibrant um through the art that you've put on it so i really appreciate you for for explaining that process i was following you on instagram and i saw um and this is one of the last questions i got i got a couple more but just this is one of the last ones for sure is um i was following you doing a little bit of your sketches um and it was it was sort of like early work and um, I think you were just giving a little bit of a teaser of this painting, of this uh, this 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 painting uh, that you did called Ona, I believe. And I guess the the question is one that I I often ask artists is to say, how do you know when you're finished? Like, how do you know when you're done? Like, do you already have a predetermined destination, or you know, or you just you just like how does how does that process? Well, so for me, I just I just learned I just have learned to stop like you know just stop because you can always for me personally i could always keep on adding and keep on pushing stuff and at a certain point you have to learn to understand that you know enough is enough it's you've done a lot and you can put that energy into something new or something else um after that so uh it's just a question to like um either trust yourself or train yourself to tell you to stop or take a break or send something to someone to comment so that way it shifts your own personal perspective because often I tend to see into inside my own bu bubble and uh, I've slowly learned to be able to ask for guidance through friends and even my my partner Katie where I'll just ask them ask her for like inspiration or comments on what I do and that way it gets me thinking like I can, I make the choice to keep or uh, delete the information that's given to me, but at least it helps me to, it helps my brain to have a different path than the, the linear one in which I was like cocooned into uh, because often you, you become tunnel vision. I become tunnel vision in my own work and that's often not super um, productive or creative because it's good to ask for guidance and for opinion in I love that. I love that. So st get get out of the cocoon and just just ask ask somebody you trust. Love that, Jimmy. I I do have. Uh, I just want to um for for the people listening to this and who will listen to this. Where can they find your work? And if people are looking to have your inspiration, uh, looking to have your guidance, whether it be through their uh, the youth in their communities or uh, people in their neighborhoods to uh, reappropriate space and build and bring some energy to, to spaces. Where can they find you and what should they, what should they be, be looking at? Uh, yo, thank you for the, for the plug there. Well, you can reach me on Instagram, Jimmy underscore Batis, B-A-P-T-I-S-T-E, J-I-M-M-Y. You know, just shoot me a message, tell me what's up. And, you know, it's going to be a pleasure for us to connect and see where we can go about and work together from there, you know? 
Um, if not, you can check my website, jimmybaptiste.ca. Also, my company, Atelier Dopamine, which is the uh, my uh, workshop graffiti uh, mural um, company um, on Instagram, too. So, um, yeah, let's connect. Let me know what's up. Fantastic, Jimmy. For all those listeners of 54 Lights, I'm so privileged to bring you one of my favorite guests who's also one of my oldest friends, work colleagues, and now we cross paths again decades after we met. Artist extraordinaire, Jimmy Baptiste. Thank you so, so much, Jimmy. I'll also share that my son is a, is, I think he's a fantastic artist, but he has been looking at your work and he is so excited. So I said, I'm going to be speaking to Jimmy and one of these days we've got to go and uh, maybe maybe he'll be in one of your uh, one of your classes. Yeah, man, just uh, bring it whenever I'm painting a mural this summer. Just bring him around and uh, we'll get to hang out. It'll be a pleasure to, to meet the little king. Ah, man, I appreciate that, Jimmy. Um, listen, thank you. I'll let you go on this one. Thank you for your time. I know you're super busy. I know you do uh, amazing work and that work takes its toll on your energy and your family time, and for you to take these few minutes with me has been just an uh, utter, utter privilege. So thank you. And thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. I'm humbled that you decided to have me as a guest, and uh, let's make sure we don't have to wait uh, 15 years for the next time we connect. (laughs) That, sir, is a guarantee. Ladies and gentlemen, my next and one of my favorite guests, Jimmy Bethany. All right, peace out, brother. So there you have it. The culture and conversation continues. Part of our show was recorded and produced at the soundstage and auditory office of 54 Lights. And while our stage is small, our lights together shine brightly. This season, more than most, has been produced in partnership with some incredible people. Ones I'll avoid rattling off anonymously, but will find the time to talk and thank personally. Now, before I go, I want to send a special shout-out and enormous gratitude to you, the listener, for lending us your ears. My name again is Kundwani. Here's hoping you find yourself in every play. It's been fierce. And if you can imagine it, it's only just begun. Until we speak again.